0: And gentlemen, happy football month, baby. It is August. I forgot to pick up my Mike Allen professional, but I'm here now and you can hear me a little bit clearer. Life is better, but welcome to football month because it is the middle of August. We've got things going left and right. We've got trade requests. We've got injuries. We've got all kinds of stuff that you hate to see in the middle of the year coming out with the preseason about to start. This week, or is it next week that the preseason starts? Is it this week? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. There you go. So I know we have Jordan Love starting for the Green Bay <coughs> Packers this weekend, so that's going to be fun to watch. But, um, you know, we've got the preseason coming. Um, it's a great time to be a football fan. Not only are we going to talk about the NFC teams, because we were planning on doing that last week. Show ran way over last week, so we were like, hey, let's just talk about the NFC this week. But we also are dabbling for the first time this week podcasting season in college football talking about the preseason top 25 and dylan's going to give us a little bit of an update on the big 10 and their whole network thing that's going on because the big 10 is about to take over according to what uh mr dylan Lowe said on twitter yesterday so um ladies and gentlemen it is great to be here i am the man with the plan the man you got to stand jordan crouton more like always and to my left is my co-host the guy that everyone loves the brains behind the operation, Mr. Dylan Lowe. How's it going? I don't know what else I was going to say. How's it going?
1: <laughs> uh, it's going good. I mean, I've to say the least, I mean, um, last week of Freedom for me, like hmm. a week from today, I turned 21. So, might Sheesh. be cracking a beer on the podcast. I think that would be awesome. And then... <laughs> You know, I don't know if we need to keep it PG or not, but you know, I turn 21 a week from today. But a week from today, I also go back to work for the mm. year. So, um, you know, kind of excited to be busy again. But then, kind of, you know, it'll take about a week, and I'll be like, all right, I'm ready for summer again. So, yep. <laughs> uh, So that's how that's gonna go. But other than that, uh, yeah, we got football coming up this week. We are with football now until you know March of 2023, and then even then, it will be you know NFL draft time. Um, for that two months, March and April, and then, you know, we really don't have a dry period until May of 2023, which, you mm-hmm. know, seems so far away, but, um, you know, I feel like this podcast honestly makes things go by faster, you know, because it, it, it seems like <laughs> we did the podcast last week, two days ago, but that mm-hmm. was a whole week ago, so, um, but here we are. Hope I'm not echoing too much. There's a lot of echo in this room, but... um, you know, other than that, we're going to dive into the NFC. We're going to dive into some, like you said, some players that have requested a trade. We're going to dive into college football. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it today, and we'll also have it this week up on Spotify and iTunes. Last yes. week it went way over, so it was hard to get it on there. But um, you know, as long as we don't go forty minutes over like we did last time, then we'll have it up on iTunes and Spotify for you to listen to as well. Um, but if you want to watch it on here as well, we appreciate you too. So um, absolutely. You know, with that being said, let's just dive right into it. Let's dive right into the NFC teams. We've got, uh, I'm going to start it off with the Buccaneers, only because, you know, we had some news come out. You know, they're getting some bad luck already with the injury bug. You know, they already had Chris Godwin coming back um, off of a major injury. But on top of that, you have Mike Evans dealing with some injuries. You have Robert Jensen, or excuse me, Ryan Jensen. Um, he's gone for the season for the Buccaneers. They had Robert Hainsey come in and fill in at center for Tom Brady, and he got hurt today as well. And it seemed minor. I think it was like a hamstring issue or something like that, so it seems like he'll be fine. But, you know, someone I talked about and was raving about last week, Russell Gage, also dealing with an injury today at camp. He exited practice with a, you know, leg injury or foot injury. I'm not exactly sure what the specifics were on that, but... Um, from the video I saw, it looks like he'll be fine, but just, you know, they're dealing with some injuries right now. But my thing is the Buccaneers know that, you know, they're going to be a playoff team as long as they have Tom Brady. And, you know, this is a, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. And the marathon has already begun. And I think all these guys will be just fine. Um, hopefully they are for the Buccaneers when it matters, you know, towards the end of the season, that, you know, end of season stretch. So, um, but, to my knowledge, according to you, you think that somebody's going to be creeping up on them, but we'll get into them after we talk about the Buccaneers. Yep. Um, but I, you know, in terms of our record predictions, if you want to check these videos out where we go a little bit into depth, you know, mine are about sixty seconds. I think you go more about three minutes, which is fine. On our TikToks, we have broken down almost all the NFC teams so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if you want to get a little bit more in depth, go check those out. But you know, we'll talk about it uh, here as well. So let's start off the record predictions. You know, I had the Buccaneers. Um and I said they were going to go eleven and six. You know, you look around the team; it seems like they lost a lot, but you know, it's just the Tom Brady factor. Like this team is going to be a not just playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender. You know, until the very end, you know whether they get eliminated or whether they go all the way, Um, Mm -hmm. this team's going to be a Super Bowl contender. You know, you look at the defensive side of the ball; they lost Dom Sue. they lost a you know very underrated piece to the Jets in Jordan Whitehead. Um, they were able to bring back Carlton Davis though. They're going to get Devin White back, Levante David. Um, you know, Shaquille Barrett, all those type of guys. Um, so I think they're going to be very solid. Antoine Winfield, can't go without mentioning him either. Um, but on the offensive side, you know, Tom Brady has, you know, one of the best, if not even, you know, it might be the best. Um, if my prediction about Russell Gage comes to fruition, if Julio Jones can stay healthy, this might be the best receiving core Tom Brady's ever had. You know, you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans. Like I said, Russell Gage, who I think is really going to excel this year, a good fantasy pickup late in your fantasy drafts. Um, Scotty Miller and then obviously Julio Jones who honestly you know if they can just keep him healthy and then he's there for the playoffs I think they're going to be straight so um, and he's going to produce at least a little bit for him so um, looking very solid you know there's some questions about Leonard Fournette uh, you know he showed up to camp looking like Eddie Lacy but you know, <laughs> you know after receiving the criticism I think he's going to take a mental note of that and maybe you know cut back down to what he needs to be um, but other than that, it's, I think it's going to be same old, same old for Tampa Bay. It's going to look just like last year. Um, I think this team's going to be, a, like I said, Super Bowl contender, not just playoff contender, but um, how far they go, I guess we'll just have to you know, sit back and see. But in terms of the regular mm-hmm. season, I think they're going to lose some games they shouldn't. Um, I think the Saints, who we're going to talk about in just a second, are going to give them a run for their money as well, for maybe even the division. But... Um, You know, we'll see when it comes to that. So uh, I think this team's a contender through and through, as long as they have Tom Brady. And that's that. Same old, same old for Tampa Bay. Going to lose some games they shouldn't, but. They're going to be right back in the Super Bowl picture when it comes to, you know, January and February. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tampa Bay's been one of those teams that's been kind of just, like, riddled with controversy all season long. You know, you had Tom Brady saying, hey, I'm done. Gronk saying, hey, I'm done. Bruce Arian's leaving. Tom Brady coming back. Leonard Fournette being uh, a little bit more overweight than he should have been coming into training camp. So, you know, we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of controversy with this team. But like you say, man, any team with Tom Brady is is a threat. I mean, that, that's just the case. I mean, it, it is rare to see one of the greatest in the game, if not the greatest in the game, play every week on your TV screens. I mean, um, I, Tom Brady, any team that he's on is going to be a playoff threat. Um, but, you know, we'll see what really happens with them because I think that there is another team – that could quite possibly be creeping up on Tampa Bay. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, so we're going to talk about it next. So let's talk about it now. My dad's family is from Louisiana. There are a lot of LSU, a lot of Saints fans in my dad's family. And I can tell you right now, that has made me hate, hate the Saints for my entire life. I do not care one bit about New Orleans, anything that goes down there in stinking Southern Louisiana, I don't care. But I'm telling you right now, the New Orleans Saints are going to have a heck of a year. Don't believe me? Look at the additions they made this year. They made three, I think, really, really big... um, what what's it called? Acquisitions this year. Good Lord, my mind is going crazy. They saw what happened last year, and they wanted to avoid Jameis Winston going down with injury and having to go to a backup like a Trevor Simeon or a Taysom Hill. So who do they bring in? They bring in the Ninja Ninja. They bring in Andy Dalton. I completely forgot that Andy Dalton was on the Saints, and that raises my confidence even more for that team because even if your starting quarterback goes down, you bring in a guy who is at the least serviceable. At the least, okay. (laughs) Like, not anywhere near as bad as Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. But I think the two bring-ins that I'm really excited to see play this year is, of course, you got to talk about Jarvis lay injury, man. Um, So, I said last week that Chris Olave was maybe going to be running out of the slot a little bit. But actually, as... Um, training camp has continued. Jarvis Landry has been running out of that slot, and Chris Olave has been running um, out as just an actual wideout in open space. So Chris Olave is going to be moving to the outside, and uh, Jarvis Landry going to be playing from that slot, and that's scary. Whenever you look at that team that they have... And you see, you've got Michael Thomas, who's looking fantastic. Like he's getting along with his teammates like we didn't expect for him to. You got Jarvis Landry, who's a guy who's craving for something. Craving just got out of that situation with Baker Mayfield and is coming to a little bit of a better situation. You've got Chris Olave, who's a rookie, who's hungry. And then on that defensive side, you've got some incredible, incredible parts. You've got Demario Davis, who is a fantastic defender. Arkansas State alumni. There we go. I knew it was coming. you got Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, what is not to say about Marshawn Lattimore? This guy is proven every single year. He's hard, hard, hard to run routes against, and he's really good. And then you from bring the Ohio red. State since we want, yeah, to go from there. the Ohio State University. And then we've got from. Loser State University, Honey Badger coming in and uh, playing safety now. Uh, big free agent acquisition there. And I think New Orleans played this offseason perfectly. They bring in Jameis Winston for another year. He got banged up at practice, but it looks like he's probably going to be just fine. And, I mean, this team looks like they can make a serious push. In my opinion, I like this team to win the division. I know how, ca- I know how crazy that sounds and how crazy it is, but I really do think that they have a legitimate chance. So you've got the Buccaneers going 11-6. and six. I've got the Saints going 11-6. and six. I think it's going to be a close division between those two teams. But, man, do I, I – I really do like the Saints this year. Like, just throwing it out there. I don't
1: – I, you know, I've actually got a friend who, like – he's not a hardcore NFL fan, but he's like, you know, I'm a Saints fan this year. You know, he just likes Jameis. Yeah. He likes what they do, you know, adding Chris Olave. But, yeah, I mean – I think how this season is going to go for the Saints is dependent on how their offense goes and the potential is really insane. So, and yes, go Cowboys DC for life. Hell yes. We will be talking about them here shortly, but the Saints offense dude, the potential. There is sky high. I believe that, you know what we saw from Jameis last year. It's like, I think we only got a tad bit, you know, sample size of, you know, what he was doing, but he was looking much improved, playing a lot smarter, Playing, you know, a lot more conservative, I think, than he was obviously in Tampa Bay. Um, and you know, this, you know, they go from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen, which you know, I don't think that's going to be a terrible transition. I, I think it's obviously right away a downgrade, but um, I don't think that's going to be all too important for this team. I think, um, you know, just like I said, how this offense goes will depict how this season goes. And you know, adding Chris Olave, I think they did their receiving core is really built perfectly like I believe that you know they have Michael Thomas who can it's not that these guys can only run these type of routes but you know when you look at what these guys are hauling in they're mainly running these type of routes which Michael Thomas you know they call him slant boy but he's more that you know shorter field guy you know you have Jarvis Landry who's a intermediate beast you know he can find that middle of the field section and kind of sit on that and find some good pockets in the middle of the field to um, haul in some passes and then you know Chris Olave can take the top off of defense he can really I think do it all but as I think most of these receivers can, but he can really take the top off of the defense if you want him to. Um, you know, if you need an example of that, you know, go ahead and watch that Clemson touchdown, which is an iconic moment etched into my brain where, you know, he completely burnt Darion Kendrick, a second round corner from this past season, um, for a touchdown with an absolutely perfect ball from Justin Fields. So, um, with that, you know, like I said, the offensive potential sky high. And the season Absolutely. goes how their offense goes is what I think is going to happen with the Saints. So um, with that being said, we'll move on to the next team in our record prediction. We will stick in the NFC South and we will go to the Carolina Panthers who, you know, I just made my record prediction video about them yesterday. Um, I have them going six and 11. You know, it's one is tiny step forward from last mm-hmm. season where they went five and 12. I still think it's going to this team's going to be picking inside the top 10 in next year's draft. Um, They obviously, you know, eyes are going to be on Baker Mayfield, especially considering he's playing his former team week one, you know, with the type of guy Baker Mayfield is, you got to think there's going to be some extracurricular activity going on in that game. (laughs) Um, So that's going to get some views for the one o'clock window right away in the NFL um, as the Browns visit the Panthers. But, you know, like I said, the eyes are going to be on uh, Baker Mayfield for this team, but um the reason i think this team as much as i i said this in tiktok yesterday i will openly admit i do not like baker mayfield as a player i really (laughs) am not a fan of the guy as you know not a football player either i'm not ashamed to say that i do not like baker mayfield there's players that you're not going to like and he's one of them for me um so but even with that being said I do not think that's going to be the reason they do not take any significant step forward. I think the reason for that is going to be Matt Rule. I think this guy is likely the worst coach in the NFL. You know, I think he's the one who, you know, <laughs> he got the leisure of just being hired too recently to be fired. Um, I don't think he did anything ext- as extensive as Urban Meyer did to get fired, you know, not even one season in. Um, so I think he's just one of those coaches who he was hired to recently. The team doesn't want to fire him yet. Blah, 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 blah. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think he will be in the next cycle of firings um, along with another coach that we will talk about later. But um, (laughs) I think Matt Rule will be the reason that this team doesn't take a significant step forward. I mean, I literally read something two days Mm -hmm. ago where Rashard Higgins, newly acquired receiver, um, he he reached across the goal line to try to score a touchdown and reach across the pylon in practice. And Matt Rule, what did he do? Instead of saying, (laughs) hell yes, I love the effort, he says, I'm going to make the offense run for that for reaching the ball across the goal line. I think that tells me everything I need to know about Matt Rule, on top of the fact that this dude's offense is staler than a loaf of bread that's been sitting in my cabinet for over a year. So <laughs> with that being said, I got the Panthers going 6-11, and but I don't want to leave them without saying anything exciting or you know positive about them, I guess. I'm excited for that defense. That defense, I think, is slept on just because they're so young, but I think they could all simultaneously take a step forward and become one of the more... You know prominent defenses in the NFL, maybe not this season, but in the coming years, with you know J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, they've got Derek Brown, Brian Burns, um, so among other players. So it's ex- it's an exciting part of that team, which is the defense, obviously. But yeah. um, I'm still having this team go six and eleven. I don't think the defense can do it all, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's all that great. So six and eleven for me.
0: I think that we're going to see something from Baker Mayfield this year. And I think that this is going to be the year that we determine if he is going to be an NFL starter going forward or if he's not going to be an NFL starter going forward. You know, I feel like this is kind of his last chance. You know, he's going out, and for the first couple of days at training camp, he was getting outdueled. Like that's just what was happening. He was getting outdueled by Sam Donald. That has since slowed down. And Baker Mayfield has been looking more and more decent as the days go by. But I think the big X Factor for the Carolina Panthers team has to be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you look at that team and you see a guy who is capable of being the best running back in the league. I mean, that is what Christian McCaffrey is. He has that capability. It's just if he's able to stay on the field. And if he's not able to stay on the field, I completely agree with the 6-11. With the and 11. I think that that is 100% true. But I think if he's going to be staying on the field – Christian McCaffrey being such a threat out of the backfield, a great drop-off location for Baker Mayfield, is going to leave the passing game with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, to be more open than it is um, if he was you know, just playing with the Cleveland Browns again. I mean, Nick Chubb is a fantastic, fantastic running back, but he's not nearly as good of a catcher as Christian McCaffrey is. I mean, you throw that guy in the offense, and all of a sudden you don't know if he's going to be able to break off for 20 yards or if he's going to take a 25-yard pass. I mean, it feels like that's what's happening with Christian McCaffrey. He has that playmaking ability. So, in my opinion, I think that Christian McCaffrey makes or breaks this team for sure.
1: Well... All I know with Christian McCaffrey, hope the guy does stay healthy. You know, I hope everybody stays healthy in the NFL, but I will not be drafting him for a third straight year in fantasy.
0: Oh, no, me neither. (laughs) He was able to
1: still win my league last year, but Mm -hmm. I think I could have probably maybe went undefeated and won my league if it wasn't for him. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, he came back versus the Chiefs last year after being injured, had a really good game, got like 30 fantasy points back on the IR. It's like, dude. Yeah you cannot make and this up, so
0: that that second time he got put back on the IR I don't even actually think he was injured I think Carolina was just like let's just not put him back out there like we suck this year let's right. just take the L and move on but um oh, speaking of sure taking
1: football players but...
0: <laughs> oh yeah well you know that happens um speaking of taking the L and moving on let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons this year um I think that the Atlanta Falcons simply put are hot garbage. I think that they are not going to be very good this year. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking there, like Cordell Patterson had a breakout year. Cordell Patterson had a breakout year for four games. Like, let's be well, honest. Not here. only that, Cordell <laughs>
1: Patterson is one player.
0: Exactly. They they have nobody. They traded Matt Ryan, who was their only semblance of a quarterback. They go and pick up Marcus Mariota, who I think honestly has a um I honestly think that Marcus Mariota could be decent not yeah did t- decent that's the word i was looking for i think he could be decent you know he was showing flashes uh at the raiders you know he had a couple two-point conversions he had a couple fourth down conversions both passing and running which is something that he has become really fond of in the last two years being mainly a runner for that raiders offense so um i think that he could really come out and surprise a couple people but whenever you look at that offense man there's just not much to be happy about you've got You know, a really, really incredible second year tight end, maybe a top four tight end for fantasy value, maybe even a top five in the NFL at this young because of how kind of trash the NFL's tight end market is right now. But you've got Kyle Pitts. He's fantastic. He's a generational talent. You just picked up Drake London. I think he's going to be fantastic this year. He's going to be the number one guy. But Man, there's just not much to be happy about if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. You know, um, last thing that you really even saw about them being a Super Bowl was blown at 28 to three. And that's a meme forever. So, you know, um, Falcons fans just keep on taking L's. And, and you know, that happens. But uh, ultimately, I think the Falcons are going to finish with three wins this season. I've got them going three and 14. Um, I'll focus up. Um and talk about that a little bit more later today whenever I post my record prediction on at the bearded pod on TikTok. So, um be you looking forward to that, but I really do feel like the Falcons are going to um not be good this year.
1: <laughs> mm. Um I mean, you pretty much touched it. I don't really need to elaborate too much more on a team that's going to be a bottom feeder in the NFL. I think we can kind of yeah. save some time here and move on. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but The team what I was originally going to start with was this team, but you know, I wanted to talk about the Bucks considering the news we had this morning. But um the team I wanted to start with was the Super Bowl uh the the, excuse me, the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. I think that's an interesting one, just considering, you know, they're coming off Super Bowl. Um, people are gonna wonder can this team repeat? That's the question every year after a team wins the Super Bowl, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, but you know, I have them going a maybe a little bit disappointing ten and seven. I find them in the same position as the Buccaneers kind of one, you know, in terms of my logic of the Buccaneers losing games, they shouldn't, but being fine later on, I think that's going to be the Rams. And I think, you know, that division is going to beat up on each other. Like I think the Seahawks Absolutely. even, you know, we have them not getting so m- very many wins, which we'll talk about them in a second, but even those, you know, little amount of wins, I think some of those are going to come against their division opponents. That's just how it goes out there in the wild, wild NFC West. Um, yep. Those teams are going to beat up on each other. So, um, Considering they're in that division, I have them, you know, having seven losses. But um, you know, it's just like a couple years ago when, you know, nobody expected the Jets to beat the Rams, but guess what happened? Jets beat the Rams. So, and I think that was the real nail in the coffin for Jared Goff to be out of there after that season was losing to yep. the Jets. So <laughs> I have them going ten and seven, but don't I don't want that to come off as something that's like alarming to Rams fans or people around mm-hmm. the league. Like, I don't think that's bad, especially considering the division that they're in. Like I said, they're going to beat up on each other, but you know they got Matthew Stafford. Um, obviously, they even got him an extension. You know they've got you know Cam Akers coming back. Kyron Williams is back off the uh, physically unable to perform list. I think he's somebody that could be really good. Um, mm-hmm. Has a lot of potential, especially considering you know Sony Michelle has gone. Um, but you know and they also got Daryl Henderson. Can't go without mentioning him in the backfield. Um, they replaced Andrew Whitworth with uh, Joseph Noteboom, who filled in for him actually a couple of games last year and looked really good. Um, Mm -hmm. so they were able to get no boom back. So they have a left tackle. Um, you know, Van Jefferson, you know, he got hurt. I forget. We talked about him last week. I forget exactly what his window is to come back. But, um, considering, you know, Cooper cup and Allen Robinson are their top two receivers. I don't think they're going to be in too much of a bad spot, but you know, maybe Van Jefferson being hurt is, you know, maybe opens the door for a guy who we're going to talk about later. And Odell Beckham jr. Does that open the door Mm -hmm. for him to come back and fill in? Um, can, they re- can Sean McVay plead for him to come back and persuade him to come <laughs> back um, and run it back with the Rams? We'll see. But um, on the defensive side of the ball, you've obviously got, you know, a pretty good football player in Aaron Donald. You know, he's yeah, just he's, okay. He's like, all right. He, may, you know,
0: he's, he might be like top 10 in his yeah, position Yeah, I mean, in borderline NFL, top like, 10 guy in like Aaron eight, Donald. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, and they've also got Jalen <laughs> yeah. Ramsey, who I think is the best cornerback in the NFL, one yeah. of the best DBs in general in the NFL. Um, they brought back Troy Hill, who's familiar with the Rams defense. Um, and how they run things uh, added Bobby Wagner, who I don't think is as good as he has been, you know, as we've known him to be, but I still think it's a good, uh, acquisition. Um, they lost a few depth pieces, but nothing major. Like I yeah. posted my record prediction on Facebook or excuse me, YouTube shorts. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say, like, I talked about like them losing Sebastian Joseph day, you know, I'm not, I was never trying to imply that that was a huge loss and something that they yeah. can't make up for. <laughs> and he also didn't play last season because he was hurt. I get that. But that doesn't mean he wasn't a depth piece this whole time. You know, yeah. when he does play, he is a depth piece. So um, he's going to do that elsewhere. So I wasn't trying to imply that this team is going to fall off a cliff because they lost someone like Sebastian Joseph Day. You know, I just didn't feel like responding to that 10 times. I'd rather address it here. So um, the Rams are going to be fine. I think they finished 10-7. and Might seem a little disappointing, but – um, I think they win the division at ten and seven. So
0: I mean, didn't right. they didn't they finish around there last year too? Did they have ten or eleven wins last year Something too? Like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I think like, they had and they
0: made one. the super. They they made and won the Super Bowl. Um. So and to to kind of piggyback off that, talk about the Rams a little bit. Um, Zach, we'll get to you your know, questions. Yeah, absolutely, we will. Um, and actually, I'm going to answer one of them right now. The first one that you put in the Super Bowl matchup. My Super Bowl matchup was the Rams. It was the Rams and the Bills, with the Bills taking the win. I mean, I I like the Rams this year again. I so I like a, yeah. And and here's the thing. You know, the Rams are. Th- in the best division in the NFC, most likely, you know, I would say that the NFC South is up there too. Um, But once again, it kind of keeps with the, with the theme of having two really good teams in the division. So, you know, um, this one I think has three really good teams and one team that could surprise a lot of people, but probably won't end up doing so. But going back and talking about the Rams here, I really love the acquisitions they made. I'm a big Allen Robinson guy. Um, You know, I think that he's going to come in and, very much so, revitalized a lot of uh, a lot of what we thought bad about him last year. He's going to get a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford. He's going to go on to a great offense that Sean McVay draws up. You know, one of the best coaches in the NFL right now, and uh, who actually just got an extension. By the way, we don't know the specifics of it, but he did indeed confirm that he did get an uh, extension with the Rams. So, um, congratulations to him. But man, I love the Rams this year. I think they're going to continue to do great things, and uh, I have a good amount of confidence in that. But let's move on to the team that finished second place in this division last year, which was the Cardinals. Did they finish second or was it the 49ers? I can't 49ers. remember which team. 49ers. Let's go to the 49ers here, San Francisco. Um, I did their record prediction, and I explicitly said at the end, if the team stands right now and Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, they will go 9-8. and eight. If Trey Lanson is, is the starter, they will go 8-9. and nine. That is going to stay my prediction. I think they go eight and nine, and here's why. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine. Uh, he's he's a fine quarterback. He's nothing special, but he's a fine quarterback. The real meat and potatoes of that team is their run game, and they still have a fantastic run game. They have Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know. Obviously, they don't have Raheem Mostert, but they haven't had him very much over the last two seasons anyway. They've got a great receiving core. They've got Debo, who's going to be running out of the backfield, I'm sure. They have Brandon Iu. They have George Kittle, a top-five tight end in the league. Exactly. You know, they've got – they have those pieces. They have a great offensive line. They have a good defense, a nice, solid defense. You know, this is a team that made a lot of splashes in the playoffs last year because they know how to play under pressure. And Trey Lance is incredibly unproven. But there are two things that I know about Trey Lance. One, he loves to make plays with his legs. He is a scrambler. He's fast. He is agile. And two, that boy can sling the dang rock. He can missile that thing down the field. So whenever you combine a guy who's got a great arm and great legs, it means success. I've got them going one game under five hundred. probably not making the playoffs, maybe sneaking in at one of the bottom seeds and going 8-9. and
1: All right, I mean, this is going to be a stick-to-your-guns moment, though, throughout the season, because personally, I disagree. And that's okay. That's Go what ahead. Yeah, no, before.
0: exactly. That's what it's for. But I I legitimately think that this team is going to be just fine. I think that it didn't matter who they put at quarterback. I think that this team is going to be good. Trey Lance showed, um, you know, in like the two games he actually got to play in last year, he showed signs of being a good NFL quarterback, just was never given that opportunity. And I really think he's going to come out and prove. And uh, I, I think him along with Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, I think those guys are going to prove that, hey, We are actually decent quarterbacks.
1: (laughs) My thing is, so with the 49ers, my thing with them is we know they were one play away from the Super Bowl, a trip to Uh the Super Bowl. And, you know, the team that they would have played in the Super Bowl, they literally beat late in the Mm -hmm. season at Cincinnati. They beat the Bengals. So I'm not saying that's a guarantee they would have beat them again. But, like, dude, the way things went down, bro, like – Jaquaski Tart, he picks off Matthew Stafford, and the 49ers are Super Bowl bound. They're playing in that same stadium that they lost the NFC Championship in, you know, a couple weeks later, and playing the team that they beat later in the season. Um yep. so they beat the Rams late in the season, uh at the regular season. That's how they got into the playoffs, and they beat the Bengals at the end of the season. Both teams that were in the Super Bowl. So the 49ers were there. They were there with yep. Jimmy G. And as I do not like to hate on Jimmy G because enough people do that, you know this guy. He was one pick away from a second Super Bowl trip. You know he already went with the one time with the uh, 49ers back when they played the Chiefs. I know they lost, but you know that's a whole other thing. He made the Super Bowl, which is very rare for a quarterback to do in general. And yeah. he almost did it. He was one dropped pick away from doing it this year. So I don't I don't come on here to hate on him. As you know, like I said, that's I leave that up to other people because enough people do it. But you got to think, man, Trey Lance's skill set, you just said, the meat and potatoes for the San Francisco 49ers is the run game. And Mm -hmm. while we can have concerns about the run game with, or excuse me, the pass game with Trey Lance, we know he can run the football. So you're adding a quarterback to the mix in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which he has never had. Um, Maybe back with the Browns, I don't know if he was there when they had Johnny Manziel or not, but I can't really use that example. That's a bad analogy. But yeah. <laughs> for the most part, you know, you go back to, you know, recent memory when he had Matt Ryan and then he had Jimmy G, you know, this guy, you know, he has never had a mobile quarterback such as a Trey Lance with the ceiling that Trey Lance has. So it's like, you've got to, you know, and then we've only heard, you know, good things about him and seen good clips of Trey Lance throwing the ball in training camp as well. So it's like, yep, you've got to think like, do you, I got, let me ask you this, just considering you're the one who made the eight, nine record prediction. Do you think Trey Lance is going to be better than Jimmy G?
0: I don't necessarily think he's going to be better than Jimmy G this year, but I think that in his career and probably starting next year he's going to be infinitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo, yes.
1: How much of a Okay, but so okay, that's fair. How much of a drop off do you think the 49ers are going to have a quarterback going from Jimmy G to Trey Lance? Like how much how much worse do you think he is?
0: I don't think he's that much worse. I don't think he's like exponentially worse. I think like so you're basically going to be getting Trey Lance's rookie season this year because he didn't play at all last year. He got to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he did,
1: but then he didn't, well,
0: yeah, you nah, you know I what think. I mean. But um like I think I I don't think it's that much of of a downgrade because even though he's basically going to be now, I don't know if there's not going to be any drop off at all. I think there is going to be drop off simply because he's younger. He's not um, I don't think his decision-making is quite as good as Jimmy Garoppolo's. I mean, that's something that Jimmy Garoppolo really does thrive in is his decision-making. He may not be the most explosive player in the world, but he normally can put the ball where it needs to go. Um, So I think there will be a little bit of a drop-off, but I think that just comes with experience. Like I think in terms of skill, I think there's no drop-off. I think in terms of skill, the ceiling got even higher. But I think in terms of like an actual player, I think Trey Lance is going to be like – a like I mean, like just like a one-game drop-off. I think that they might lose a close game or something like that just because he doesn't have the experience that Jimmy Garoppolo had.
1: I mean, these are all fair points. It's just – my thing is it's like with how close this team was to the Super Bowl last year with Jimmy G and then – even with a little bit of a drop off, like they're still gonna be right there. They're still gonna yeah. be right there, in my opinion. Like their record might not be anything that's gonna like catch your eye, such as like a 12 and five or anything like that. But yeah, you know, I'm thinking up towards like maybe like a 10 and seven up there with the Rams, like uh-huh. giving them a couple more wins at least. I mean, I know you only have two wins lower than that, but like I said, it's just I'm hung on the fact that, you know, the fact that they beat. The two teams that were in the Super Bowl late in the season, and they were one pick away from beating the team that won the Super Bowl for a second time. Um, yeah. And that would have been, a, they would have been 3 and 0 against the Rams at that point if they had, you know, if Jacques Tart got that interception. So I still, as much as I don't care for the 49ers, I think it's like a, <laughs> you know, spite thing between me and them because I'm a Cowboys fan. And it's really just a respect thing at the end of the day. But I don't really care to see the 49ers win, but I still feel for their fans. I still feel for that team because they were right. There. And, you know, even with a little bit of a drop off for Trey Lance, I think, you know, the fact that he's dynamic and can use his legs, I think that might make up for, you know, a drop off in the past game, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. this team stays healthy. I think they're right there again. I really believe that. Like, that's a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. I, you know, Absolutely. going in the last year, I predicted the Cowboys to beat them. You said the 49ers will beat us and you know, I really did not – I was not opposed to your idea of them beating us going into the playoffs mm-hmm. in the first round because I just said that was one of the teams. You know, the Bills were the team in the AFC that I said nobody wants to see. And the Cowboys were – or excuse me, the 49ers were the team in the NFC I said nobody wants to see. So, um, and you know, the best team in the conference, Green Bay Packers, who had the one seed and had a bye, they didn't even want to see him at home. Yeah. So, even with a small drop-off, even with a small drop-off, I think the 49ers are still right where they were. So that's hey, that. I'd, I mean, that's good.
0: Yeah, man, I, I like it. I absolutely do. Um, and, you know, I think that's a funny, I, I think that's really interesting right there. What if Trey Lance is an absolute bust? Here's the thing. We don't know. We, we legitimately don't know. And I'm telling you right now, if you look at Trey Lance, you look at his skill set, you go back, watch him in college, you watch him in training camp, um, you look and you see those flashes that he had last year in like the two or three games that he played. I think you'll see that he is not a bust. I think that the bust, if you're going to look at one from that uh, from that draft class, is going to end up being someone like a Zach Wilson. I don't think it's Trey Lance. I think that you look at that offense and you look at the coaching that's on that team, and I think that uh, I think that Trey Lance is going to be just fine.
1: Um, my thing with if Trey Lance is a bust, and again. Just, I can't go and say he will be a bust, considering what I just said two seconds ago. So no, I obviously don't think he will, and I don't think you think he will be either. No, absolutely not. um, Let's say he is. Let's say he goes out there and lays an egg this season. It's not just Trey Lance that's going to be moved on from. It's going to be Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They gave Mm -hmm. up a fortune to move up and get him when they had a quarterback who just a year prior to drafting Trey Trey Lance made the Super Bowl. And almost won it. They had a lead, and he was, again, just one throw to Emmanuel Sanders away from winning the Super Bowl. Yep. So they moved on from that guy, traded a fortune to move up and get Trey Lance. So it's going to be, this is their career. Not, excuse me, not their career, but at least their time with the 49ers, I think, comes to an end if Trey Lance goes out and really lays an egg. But I think there's about a, you know, six or 7% chance out of 100 that Trey Lance goes out and lays an egg this year. So, Absolutely. You know, there's not a lot of optimism about them, but I'm noticing a trend now with social media that any young quarterback who had a, you know, went out there in their first few games and didn't look too good is just automatically trashed. So, yeah. you know, these kids on the Internet just don't know how the NFL works and haven't watched, you know, the legendary quarterbacks such as Peyton Manning and even Tom Brady come in and develop into what they are, what they became. So, absolutely, um, you know, from – like I said, just in today's day and age, it's if you weren't very good in your first couple of games, you didn't pass the eye test right away, you're trash and you should be a backup quarterback in the CFL. So I can't stand it nowadays, but it is what it Me is. Either. But I'm glad I can be here to right some of those wrongs. As, you know, as <laughs> as I hope I can. So absolutely, um, that was a good discussion there about the 49ers. Moving on, though, um, standing in that division. Um, we're already f- almost 40 minutes in. We've only covered you know, a division and a half, so we got to speed this process up a little bit. Um, but next, I've got the Cardinals. You know, I'll make it quick with them. I have them going eight and nine, and that's being generous, in my opinion. I think this yeah. good team has a potential to not be good be a bottom feeder in the NFL. You know, again, and they have a good quarterback. And outside of that, what do they have? You tell me,
0: James Conner. <laughs> wow,
1: <they> had- <laughs> he got a lot of touchdowns last year. Where did that lead him? Getting embarrassed by the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. Hey, uh, hey, 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 so, hey!
0: They have DeAndre Hopkins. He's only going to be playing eleven games this year, but they have DeAndre Hopkins, and and he's still a really good wide receiver. Like, let's not get that confused. He is. He's still you know, really I don't good. I want to be
1: the guy. Like I said, I said this. A, I think I said this. Like you know, at the end of last season when we were previewing this season back in like. April or something. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be the guy that's known as the one who disrespects DeAndre Hopkins and then DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. comes back and looks like an all-pro receiver because I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. But absolutely not. You know, okay, let's go. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, down the line. Who else are we looking forward to see on the you know Cardinals?
0: That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, man. <laughs> That's so, about it. <laughs> um and then like even
1: you know, they obviously didn't make any big moves in the in free agency. Yeah. Um, but you know. They made one decent move that I think could be cool from the draft, which is Trey McBride. They drafted the uh, Mm -hmm. Mackey Award winner for the best tight end in college football um, out of Colorado State, uh, Trey McBride. Him and Zach Ertz could become quite a pairing. They're getting Max Williams back. so They have three, I think, could be very solid tight ends for them. But, again, outside that, I'm, like, reaching for that. So it's like, yeah. you know, other than that, I think, and you know, I think it's Kyler like, did you Drake, really
0: just say you're excited to watch Zach Ertz play? Like, no, right. nobody's like, excited to if watch reason, that. that point, then this team doesn't <laughs> have a lot
1: going for them. So, yeah, um, I have this team going eight and nine, and you know, I made a TikTok about this. So go check us out, like I said, at the Bearded Pod right there. Um, and I said, you know somehow I think Kyler Murray has a career year with what they've given him or not given him I should say Mm -hmm. um somehow I think he puts together a career year I think this will be a year for Kyler Murray to shut up the haters and while it might not lead to a lot of success and he's still going to get a lot of hate for that because that's what he gets hated on now for is he can't keep winning I don't think it's his fault I think it's you know I was talking earlier about another head coach besides Matt Rule getting fired at the end of the season and that's going to be Cliff Kingsbury in my opinion so Um, He wasn't good at Texas Tech when the guy had literally Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12 and still couldn't succeed. So why did he get an NFL job to begin with? I'm not sure. So I could see this team literally having a very similar um, start as they usually do with like a hot start and everybody's hyped up a little bit. And then they fall off. But I think the fall off will be worse and it'll be, you know, bad enough to the point where Cliff Kingsbury loses his job this season. So I think Kyler Murray balls out. He leads this team to eight and nine and that's being generous.
0: I mean, Cliff was literally a guy that we were talking about last year at this time being on the hot seat. Like I have the notes from our podcast last year and we had coaches that are on the hot seat and Cliff Kingsbury was the first one on my list. And he yep. put together a pretty decent year last year. You know, um, second best record in their division. But where did that lead him?
1: Nowhere. There were people. This Nowhere. team made the playoffs last year. This was a playoff football team. People forget about that just because the Rams wiped the floor with them. Yeah. This team made the playoffs last year, and people were still saying that Cliff Kingsbury was going to get fired. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that really comes full circle this year, and he's done that for this year.
0: I think so too. And you know, um part of that success last year was I mean Kyler Murray really developing. They had a solidish defense. They brought in Zach Ertz, who was a good tight end for him, plus having Christian Kirk uh in that wideout James group Connor was big too. too. James Conner had Probably the greatest career he's ever gonna—not uh, the greatest career, the greatest year he's ever gonna have in his career. Last year, so I mean, James Conner's probably still gonna be pretty good. Um, th- this team is obviously gonna still be decent, but I mean there's just not that much to look forward to with this team. And I completely agree with you, but let's move on to another team that I think has a little bit more than people might be giving them credit for to look forward to. And that is the Seattle Seahawks. Now this team, I know, I know they're not going to be great. Okay. They are not going to be great, but whenever you tell me you've got drew lock, who's actually looked pretty good so far in training camp. It's really, really surprised me. Um, but you've got DK Metcalf who just got his contract. He's obviously going to be playing his butt off. You've got Tyler Lockett who's a solid receiver. You know, you added Kenneth Walker to your backfield who's going to be a great pairing with Rashad Penny if they want to keep using him. You know, So there are good things to look at. You've still got Pete Carroll who's a really good NFL head coach. So you've got things to look forward to if you're the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I don't think all these things are going to come together right away. You know, um, This is a team because it's looking like the 49ers are probably just going to end up cutting Jimmy Garoppolo because nobody's going to trade for him when you know that your team can't possibly hold all that money for an extra season and continue paying for that guy. He's obviously going to get cut. There are going to be teams that are going to want to pick him up. And I think Seattle's one of those teams. And I think if Seattle picks him up, Seattle getting a good quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who's very consistent, who's going to consistently give you pretty much the same numbers every single year. I think that's a great in-between quarterback for this team as they look for their next franchise guy. And I think that they could get like six to seven wins with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think they're going to be stuck getting three or four wins this year um as they stand i think drew Locke is a fine quarterback but i don't think he's good enough to really control those wins and i think having such a young rushing core that's completely completely unproven pretty much i think is going to be a a real downer for the seattle seahawks so that's just my opinion though um i don't have a lot of hopes for (laughs) yeah exactly run the ball i think that's how you're going to do it kenneth walker was absolutely dominant dominant in the big 10 And I think that you put him in that backfield they need to run the ball. That is exactly the case. And Rashad Penny, I mean, we act like he isn't a good running back either. You know, he got a lot of crap because his first season he came in, he was playing okay, got hurt, and got put all the way down at the bottom of the depth chart. Last year, those last couple of uh, those last couple of games were the first time we really got to see him. He came out and performed. So I think that those two could be a great rushing backfield. You know, and whenever you rush that much, it opens up the passing game to guys like DK Metcalf, who is an absolute athletic monster and Tyler Lockett, who is Mr. Dependable. So I think Seattle has upside, but I think that their floor is is really low, and I think that, unfortunately, they're probably going to end up um, staying near that floor more than they are getting to that ceiling because, you know, Pete Carroll has a habit of not liking to run the ball whenever you should, so that's all I'm going to say Exactly. Thank you.
1: (laughs) I think you pretty much got the Seahawks covered. Let's move on to the – let's move on to NFC North.
0: Let's do the North. Let's save the East for last. <laughs> I think this is pretty interesting. So, <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Um, so we have the Packers and Vikings with the same record. So, you know, whoever the division winner is, I guess you guys can, you know, decide with your brains. But we have them with the same record. Whoever wins the division, I guess it don't matter. I see both yeah. these teams probably making the playoffs, um, especially mm-hmm. in, the NF- in the NFC. Um, but – So we'll start with the Packers. I've got the Packers going to ten and seven. You know, I think they could go maybe like nine and eight, closer to five hundred than we think, Um, just because it's a young team. And you know, I have a lot of optimism about them. I talked about them last week. You know, I posted a podcast clip. I think just the other day from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a young, solid core and. You know, they're lucky they have Aaron Rodgers. Otherwise, this team would be obviously, you know, out of even the playoff picture and, you know, yeah. maybe viewed as a bottom feeder in the NFL. So, um, they added Quay Walker, who I've heard great things about. Devontae Wyatt getting Jair Alexander back. They've got Eric Stokes in, their, in his second year. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Romeo Dubs, he's sounded amazing so far in training camp, like the clearing away a way, wide receiver one for the Packers right now. He might not start there at wide receiver one, but I think he gets there maybe by the end of the season, even ahead of Christian Watson, maybe. Christian yeah. Watson hasn't been seen yet at training camp because he's dealing with an injury, which is fine. Um, but he, I think if he can stay healthy, he's got the potential to be like a DK Metcalf, just a total athletic freak. And then the backfield of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon still remains intact, which is going to be exciting. And then you obviously have Aaron Rodgers, but there's a lot of questions on that offensive line. A lot of questions on that offensive line. David Bakhtiari, apparently the ACL injury he suffered was like the absolute worst one you could ever yeah. suffer ever. Um, because <laughs> he's still not even guaranteed. I don't think to play week one, but I think obviously he'll be back at some point. I don't think he's going to miss two years over it. Um, yeah. Elton Jenkins, he's hurt as well. Um, and, Other than that, there's not a whole lot of, you know, big-name players on the offensive line. But, again, Mm -hmm. I trust Aaron Rodgers to make little things – well, I guess I can't call it little things because offensive line is very important. (laughs) I trust Aaron Rodgers to make this thing work and keep this team afloat. And, you know, I think they start as – you know, if we just give them a fair judgment at the beginning of the year, I think this team will do wonders. If we – you know, we can't sit here and overrate them and we can't sit here and underrate them because, you know, they'll – far and away exceed expectations if we under underrate them. And if we overrate them, they're going to, you know, suck. So yeah, I think we just go in here pretty mellow, you know, with some vanilla feelings towards the green Bay Packers, pretty chill, um, feelings. So, you know, I'm going to have them go 10 and seven and, um, how good they are above 500, I guess, will determine how the rookies play. So, but I think Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers will help them excel. So,
0: and you know, I think that there's going to be a guy on there that's going to surprise a lot of people. You didn't even mention him while you were talking, which I think is funny. <laughs> I, d- I did talk about Bob Tunyon and him winning comeback player of the year, possibly. Bob Tunyon's going to be really good this year, I think. But I really like Alan Lazard. You know, um, I think he's going to be really good this year, too. He's going to take a step forward. Um, you know, but I don't know if I trust Alan Lazard to be that number one guy on my, on my. Receiving core. Like you said, I think it's going to be more up to the rookies and the, the new people that they bring in. But, you know, I, I think that Alan Lazard is still going to be pretty serviceable. You know, we've seen that anyone that Aaron Rodgers wants to feed the ball to consistently is going to have a great season. We've seen that throughout his entire career. And I think if that person is Alan Lazard this year, then good for Alan Lazard because he's going to have his career year this year, but um, let's go ahead and let's move on to another team that is going to absolutely be fantastic this year. And a team that I think is, is is a team that could make their way into the Super Bowl if they're lucky, and that is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. This is a team you do not want to face. They've got quite possibly the best young receiver in the NFL. I think it's him and Jamar Chase and um, Justin Jefferson. You've got him. You've got dependable Adam Thielen coming out of that side too. You know, he's almost guaranteed to get a touchdown every game. I think he had, what, 13 touchdowns last year, 12 touchdowns. Like, he is – Absolutely dependable, and that's just how he is. You've got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Who KJ are, Osborne. Yeah, KJ Osborne. I was gonna, I was about to talk about KJ Osborne after I got done naming all the big. I just players, want to make sure you don't leave but, them out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to leave out KJ Osborne because that kid is going to be insane. He was good a little bit last year. You know, he didn't really get his time to shine in that offense, but he is going to be fantastic this year. I have a lot of confidence. And, you know, Minnesota, they've got a a good defense. They've got a good offensive line. You know, you've got to have a good offensive line if you're going to be blocking for somebody like Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, if you look in the dictionary and you look up good His name is going to be on there. He's not great. He's not average. He's good. He's above average. He is good. That is Kirk Cousins. He's a guy that is probably going to be the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. And you know what? That's going to be good enough to drive this team. Because that's what kind of player Kirk Cousins is. Do you disagree? Do you disagree that he is not a good quarterback? Yes, I
1: think he's so average. I think if you look up average in the dictionary, you find Kirk Cousins. I'm so tired of people overrating this guy, dude. Monday Night Football, bro, primetime game. And the amount of times I've seen him do this is not just this time. I've seen him do it multiple (laughs) times, dude. You have a big game, division game, on Monday Night Football against the Bears, who you should beat against a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, by the way. This dude went like, what, 12 for 25, 87 yards, and like two touchdowns and a pick. His quarterback (laughs) rating was like 63. That is Kirk Cousins to me. You know, okay. Well. I take it. He's a little bit better than that. All right. Like. Yeah. You look at his averages, it'll probably tell you a lot about Kirk Cousins. But that is Kirk Cousins to me, dude. Like, literally, dude, <laughs> throw that up on the <laughs> Look at that, Captain. He says, for the Spotify and iTunes listeners, Kirk Cousins is like my girlfriend, too cute to get rid of, but too ugly to marry.
0: Oh god! Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: That I, dude, I uh, could not have worded that any better. That is perfect. Oh Kirk Cousins. God. You said you look up the definition of good in the dictionary. You find Kirk Cousins. I think you should substitute that with maybe like a Derek Carr. You look up average in the dictionary. It is. Kirk Cousins a million times. So, well, here's the thing. Uh, like, I'm I think, so over the Kirk Cousins. Oh, he's underrated. I think mean he's the same actually thing. really good. Oh, my. no, no. Kirk so, Cousins think, is not ever going to win a Super Bowl at the end of the day, and that's that.
0: I think I think we kind of like think the same about Kirk Cousins. I just rate my tiers a little bit different. Like, average is, like, right above the worst. Like, I feel like every quarterback, if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, you're at least average. So, like, my average tier is, like,
1: have you seen that, Mike Lennon play?
0: Well, he's not he's not technically the starter. Okay. That team's starter would still be average, I would say, in in Daniel Jones. That's so, where I that's where I my average is like Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones. Like that's where I would put like the average quarterbacks. I don't think I would call them bad. I would just call them like okay, like average. Like so you're like a five on one lock? of ten. Drew Locke would probably be right below average because he's just I don't think he's had enough time to really like showcase himself. You know last year he should have been the starter. He should have been the starter last year over Teddy Bridgewater or Teddy well, Bridgewater. Would. Got yeah, exactly. The, which would which is why I would put him below average. Like I said I'd put him below average, okay. but I think that there are I don't certain... know. I just
1: my whole thing, sorry to cut you off. My whole no, thing. No, you're good. No, not a Kirk Cousins guy. Never have been. I think the guy's terrible, dude. I'm not a fan. So okay, well, that's that.
0: D's third one. A, Let's move he, on. <laughs> like
1: I am rewording your definition of saying go look up average in the dictionary. There's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like if I opened a dictionary and I look for the word good and I saw Kirk Cousins in there, that thing is getting tossed in the shredder. <laughs> And I'm making my own dictionary.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's talk about for two the Kirk teams that. Uh... <laughs> from
1: anybody, I don't care. I'm listening <laughs> to all of it.
0: Let's move on to two teams that are actually below average, and that being the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Let's talk about the Bears first, because um, I think um, I want to talk about the Lions last. So let's talk about the Bears first, Dylan. What do you think about the Chicago Bears' second year with Justin Fields as their quarterback? Matt Nagy is gone; that plague is gone. What do you think about this team, Dylan? Um, He's writing something down on his piece of paper again. Um, But, you know, what what do you think about the Bears, man? Justin Fields, big Ohio State guy. What do you think? (laughs) Where do you want to free him to, Dylan? Where do you want to free him to?
1: (laughs) I want to free him of the below subpar receiving core that he has to deal with. Bro, they gave
0: him Nikhil Harry. What else does he need?
1: Oh, my, and Nikhil <laughs> Harry is already hurt. <laughs> Keep in mind, already. in. Yeah. <laughs> is this guy really supposed to depend on v Jones? <laughs> the 25-year-old wide receiver. I don't think that's as big as a factor as most people think it is, by the way. But the dude's 25 years old. And he played for that long in college and didn't really pop off. So, yeah. there's that. I mean, I like Darnell Mooney. Wow, cool. You know free my man Justin, bro. And then you have Roquan Smith, who's the best player on your entire team, saying he wants traded. So, I'm going to talk about him here in a minute, but yeah, I you know, I have the Bears going 5 and 12, and I <laughs> that might be generous. And I I think I'm only doing that because I want Justin Fields to get 5 wins this year, you know, not yeah. two. So, well, you know, we had, Free Justin we had, Fields. he doesn't need to be freed from Chicago. <laughs> he needs to be freed from the situation he's in. They, well, absolutely. I guess they upgraded the coaching staff. We'll, we'll see if it is an upgrade with Matt Eberflus and whatnot. But Ryan Pace should have made more moves for Fields this offseason. I'm going to leave should it at have.
0: that. 100%. And, you know, we had the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings with the same record. And I think the Detroit Lions are going to have that exact same record. I think they're going to go 5-12, and 12, and here's why. I think the and Detroit Lions... What'd you say? MCDC. Oh, MCDC. <laughs> uh, I, I freaking love, love, love Dan Campbell. Everyone does. Who doesn't love that man? You. I think this team is turning into the most likable NFL team, period, right now. I think they are the most likable. I'll say that. I mean, you look at that video that was posted yesterday of Aiden Hutchinson sing, singing "Billy Jean" in the locker room, and all the guy or in the film room, and all the guys singing along with him. I mean, that's just camaraderie right there. That's awesome. And you know, the Lions have one of the best social media presences out there. They, um, and I think that's a, it's for good reason. You know, the Lions have been one of those teams that's like we're embarrassed to be Lions fans. We're wearing garbage bags over our head, paper bags, paper sex, whatever. But the Lions finally have. A little bit of an upswing. They've got a great young running back in DeAndre Swift. They've got good... um Wide receivers for the most part Amon Ross eight Brown really came out of his shell Last year they've got TJ Hawkinson Who's a really good tight end they've got A really good young defense I think that that defense is being Looked over a lot and in a couple of years That could be that could be one of the best Defenses that we see in the NFL in a couple Of years not right now but in a couple of years I think they could be and you know the Detroit Lions man they're becoming likable They're becoming a team that everybody wants To root for even though they've got Jared Goff Under center but man this team is just uh, – I think that this team is going to be better than they were last year. Are they going to be great just because they've become likable? Absolutely not. But are they still going to do better than they did last year? I say yes. I've got them getting five wins, just the same as your Chicago Bears.
1: I've got them six, and I think they maybe push seven. Um, wow. Some guys you didn't even mention, man, like – you look on the defensive side of the ball. It's been, you know, the beat writers for the Detroit Lions are saying that it's been by far and away Jeff Okuda who's been, you know, balling yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. He's been the all star of the defensive side. And of the I, ball said that,
0: I said that. I said that last year before we got done. I said Jeff Okuda was going to be fantastic this year. I'd like my dues. Thank you very much. Go ahead. So,
1: <laughs> well. So, so we can't go without mentioning him with how he's performed so far. And it's not like, you know, they're saying by far and away he's the cornerback one for the Detroit Lions uh, so far their training camp, which it's not like there's no other corners for him to, yeah. you know, have any competition with. Because Amani Overware is someone that I've predicted to have a Pro Bowl type season. So yep. I think they had two solid corners in Overware and Okuda. Um, two unique names. And then, yeah, that's who I was going to get to next was Jameson Williams and DJ Chark. Yep. Um, that's two players. I on the forget offense.
0: they freaking added yeah. DJ Shark. Wow, that, that I know. I said right that last week, and you forgot yeah, too. I I just forget about that guy. I think he's yeah. still the well, he's injured, Like, but. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a solid receiver. You have him, Amon Ross, Saint Brown, and then when jameson Williams is back, if that's Week One or yep. if that's later, it don't matter. You know, they're gonna have all three at some point this season, most likely. So, and then you add T.J. Hawkinson to the passing game as well. So, this really is a decent receiving core including tight end in, and running back considering DeAndre Swift can get some volume in the passing game as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, and for they have, um I think it's he's oh, in position to name? have a good year. I just forgot his name. Williams, um the backup running back. Jamal Williams. Uh, Jamal Williams, there you go. Yeah, he's a really good backup too. Like he's a really good backup, one of the best in the NFL. So I mean the Lions yeah. have a lot of stuff going for him. They really do.
1: So even and even looking like outside of you know just the team, you know, team success aspect, like and before the hard knocks even started, <clears throat> you know, we all knew Dan Campbell was like a likable dude. With the stuff he was saying yeah. last season about biting off kneecaps and whatnot, <laughs> you know, this guy could go have zero wins, but next season, but he's going to change some lives. So he is a leader of men. I've had a lot of yeah. football coaches like that. You know, maybe not the greatest coach I've ever seen in terms of just you know <laughs> on the field productivity and how they run the actual football side of things, but they're a leader of men and they change lives. Um, yep. Dan Campbell's going to do that at the very least, and I think he's already starting to, and did last season as well. So, um, like you got to remember how many games they were close in last year as well. So, I think it's going to be uh, very similar, but I think some uh, some more games go their way um, than they did last year. So, mm-hmm. um, I have this team going six, pushing maybe seven wins, and you know they're going to throw a party in Detroit for that. So, um, I think that's pretty solid. We're close on time here, so I figure we just save college football though next week. Yeah, let's just so save it. For the rest, what we've got left um, coming up uh, right here in just a second, we're going to cover the NFC East, and um, we're also going to talk about Roquan Smith, Kareem Hunt, and Odell Beckham Jr., and maybe some landing yeah. spots for them. So real quick, trained,
0: Roquan so. Smith did just get, get taken off the of the pup list. He just got taken off there removed moved him from the list, um, and also – Deshaun Watson, who has been in the news a lot since Roger Goodell wants to get him a year-long suspension. Um, Preseason. Preseason, he will be playing tonight. um, Or not tonight, Friday. He will be starting Friday. So Deshaun Watson will be back on the football field for the first time in over a year this Friday for the Browns in their game against the Jaguars. So there you go. Just wanted to throw that out there real quick. But let's get into our final division, the NFC East, um, We're both Cowboys fans, as you can see. So, Dylan, I did our record prediction for the Dallas Cowboys. Would you like to start us off talking about the Dallas Cowboys a little bit here? Um, you know, I, I feel like it's great to hit them now and not last because we obviously don't think they're going to finish last in the division. But would you like to just tell us what you think about this year's Dallas Cowboys?
1: I think we're in for a whole lot of the same of last year. I think this is a playoff team. A little bit more of a borderline playoff team than we were last year. Like last year, we kind of figured like, yeah, the very minimum we do is make the playoffs. But (laughs) um, with Dak Prescott coming back off of an incredible start to the season before that, before he broke his ankle, um, Mm -hmm. we figured it was going to be much of the same. Wasn't quite that way, especially in the second half of the season, but obviously got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Shocker, I know. Um, (laughs) But I think it's very much the same this year, just a little bit closer on the border of playoff and non-playoff team. I have 11 wins. I'm thinking we maybe tone that down to maybe 10 wins. Um, Or, excuse me, you had 11 wins. I'm going to tone that down myself to 10 wins. I'm going to say we go 10 and 7 and take second place in the division of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, So, you know, looking around the team, you know, CeeDee Lamb, it's his first year with wide receiver one. You know, all we have right now really is just hope that he will become that real true wide receiver one. There's nothing really to back us up or back any Cowboys fans up to say that he will for sure because – he has not really performed to what we expected, but no. maybe this is what he needed. And, I, you know, I think there's a lot of optimism, not even just Cowboys fans, that, you know, he'll thrive this year. And I think so. Um, I also think it's partially Kellen Moore's fault because, you know, like I said last week, we were talking about CeeDee Lamb. He's more of a just get the ball in his hands however you can. You know, if that's yeah. t- 10 yards down the field, if that's two yards down the field, get the ball in his hands because it's mm-hmm. the run after catchability that makes him special and it has since he was at Oklahoma. So um I think he does step into that wide receiver one role and become you know pop off this year um as a solid, you know, wide receiver one option. We eventually will get Ma- Michael Gallup back, but in the meantime, we're gonna have to look for some depth players, such as you know, I think Noah Brown's been balling so far. You know, yeah. I was saying I don't really want him as our wide receiver three. Um, while Michael Gallup's gone, because I think our wide receiver two at that point will be, uh, Jalen Tolbert, who I think is going to be great, but Noah Brown might be our wide receiver three and he's looked very solid, but, um, I'm interested to see what we do. You know, I'm not opposed to putting Tony Pollard in the slot. I think he has some experience there from like back in his days at Memphis and whatnot. Uh Um, you know, but in the backfield, you know, speaking of Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, I think this would be his last year with the Cowboys. Um, I've been off that train for a while now. I hate to say it and I hope he proves me wrong, but, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I've never really seen a running back kind of revitalize their career on the same team, at least, you know, after sucking for or being average for however many years he has two 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 and a half years. So um, so that's the backfield issue. The line isn't looking too good. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad, but I think we're really doomed if Terrence Steele is bad. Our right tackle. We obviously mm-hmm. have Tyron Smith coming back if he can stay healthy. And that's a big if. Uh, we're gonna have Tyler Smith, the first round rookie. Uh, he's gonna start at left guard. It sounds like. Then we have Tyler Biadas at center, who that's the you know concerning area right there, especially mm-hmm. now that we have the lineup here. He has to line up against Jordan Davis twice a year, you know. Um, <laughs> and then right guard, we obviously have Zach Martin. Um, and then right tackle is Terrence Steele. So I think it's you know if, if, if Terrence Steele is not doing very good this year, it's gonna be bad for this offensive line. So. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the defensive side, it's going to be year two of Micah Parsons. He's only going to get better. I don't think we're going to see a rookie season like that for maybe like 30 more years. Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. Um, mm-hmm. Trayvon Diggs, he's been toast in training camp. But again, you know, I think the I think the hate on him is, you know, very much unwarranted 90% of the time. Um, you know, everybody likes to put out these fake stats that he let up the most yards in the league. He let up um, over 1,000 yards. But he only let up like 790 yards last year. So. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say only cause that is a lot, but you know, yeah. something I saw, somebody compared him to, uh, Xavier and Howard, you know, uh, two years ago, Xavier Howard let up like 730 yards and had 10 picks. And then Trayvon Diggs let up seven ninety and like 11 this year. So,
0: yeah.
1: but he doesn't get nearly as much hate. You know why, uh, you know why Trayvon Diggs does get hate on like that? Cause he has this on his helmet as far as I'm concerned. So. Um, Other than that, I'm looking. You know, I hope I'm not, or I'm hoping that uh, Jaron Curse and Malik Hooker can hold up that back end of the defense. You know, Jaron Curse had a breakout season, best uh, season of his career last year. Um, And with Dan Dan Quinn coming back, I think it'll be much of the same. And then um, at linebacker, obviously, I guess you can count Micah Parsons in there, but um, Leighton Vander Esch. We just signed Anthony Barr, so I think those those are two two or three rangy guys we have at the linebacker position. Then, excuse me, and also Jabril Cox. Don't sleep on Jabril Cox.
0: Absolutely not. And I agree. I agree with everything you just said there. Yeah. No, I, I was just saying that I agreed with you. Um, because obviously um, you know, I think we've got uh, a really solid team this year but let's go ahead and let's move on because we are seriously running low on time uh, so let's go ahead let's move on here let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles you talked a little bit about them alluding to some of their defensive additions this year I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to take the division this year they're a really good team they've got really good assets they've got Dallas Goddard who I think is a really underrated tight end they've got Jalen Hurts who I think is going to take a huge step this year they've got Devont smith they picked up aj brown you know they've got fantastic running backs they've got three or four really really good running backs on that offense they have a much improved defense i think this team is going to be the best one in the nfc still and what do you think about the philadelphia eagles um do you think they're going to be good this year you think they take us take a step forward or do you think they uh, continue standing a little back
1: uh, I think they win the division as well. Like I said, I think they get one more win than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys either split or uh, go two and O against the Eagles. But um, I had the Eagles going 11 and six. I like the pieces. The most exciting thing. And I don't want to say exciting because, um, you know, I don't want the Eagles to have any success if I, if it were up to me, but <laughs> um, I guess the thing that I'm most intrigued by with the Philadelphia Eagles is the fact that Devontae Williams is going to be being covered by a cornerback to the entire season. So, Look for him to be a beast in fantasy football. Look for him to just be a beast in general. Um, big Devontae fan. Um, but you knowing then on the defensive side of the ball, they added Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean through the draft. Um, and they also drafted uh, Jason Kelsey's eventual replacement. I know we just saw a video of him getting bullied by Jordan Davis, but that's going to be <laughs> a long list. Of that's going to uh, be everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's- laughs> so. Um, I think they did a good job in the draft with a few picks that they did have, but they also used some of those picks to go get their wide receiver one in A.J. Brown, who I'm also a big fan of. So, yeah, unfortunately, I have to see him twice a year. But <laughs> uh, they were also missing somebody opposite side of, you know, Darius Slay, and they added James Bradbury. So that's a team that really saw the needs that they had, and they really went out and, you know, looked uh, and uh, addressed those. So yeah. I got to give props to Howie Roseman and the Eagles. So, um, unfortunately, I think I'm going to predict them to win this, this uh, division going 11-6. and six.
0: Yeah, good prediction there. Um, let's move on to the two teams that we predict are gonna be last in the NFC East, the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. I'm gonna start us off here on the Commanders. I don't think they're gonna be quite as bad as the Giants. I do think they're gonna be worse than the Cowboys. Um, but here's the thing about the Washington Commanders. Last year was not good. Your starting quarterback last year was either Fitzpatrick or Heineke. Okay, like well, that's not good. Yeah, well, he played one game, didn't he? Or did he play no games? Yeah. So the commanders here did not have a good season last year. Here's what you can expect from this team. You can expect Terry McLaurin to do better than he did last year. He had five touchdowns. Five. He just got signed to a big contract, and he had five touchdowns because they know that that's not how bad he is. Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. He's not. He hasn't been the last couple of years. Five years. But he's better, yeah. <laughs> but he's better, way better, than Heineke is. Okay, let's not get that confused. Antonio Gibson is a good running back who's probably going to return back to what we could see before he had a sophomore slump the last season, which really wasn't even too bad of a sophomore slump. You've got a really good defense. I mean, the commanders have the, all the pieces they have to be a top defense. They were two years ago. They took a... Pretty big step back last year, but I think they take another step forward this year. You know, I think the commanders are going to be fine. That being said, I think they get maybe seven wins. I think they go seven and two. I really feel like that's the ceiling for Washington this year is maybe seven, eight wins. You know, I think their floor is as bad as getting four or five wins, but I think their ceiling is seven wins, and I think that they'll hit about that and go seven and ten, personally. So, uh, Dylan, why don't you round us out here in our NFC teams, talking about the New York Giants, or if there's anything else you want to add to the Commanders? I know I just neglected to ask you, but <laughs> if there's anything no, you'd I like to add, there. I so. was
1: going to say that I have seven and ten as well, but I also have the Giants of seven and ten. I think, I think they somehow muster up seven wins. People forget that they do not have Joe Judge anymore. They have Brian Dable, who you know. We saw what he did with Josh Allen. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is even remotely close to Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's rookie year was pretty abysmal. It wasn't very good. We saw a lot of, like, you know, intangibles of his that had potential to build on, and he mm-hmm. did. But I don't, I'm don't. i not saying Daniel Jones will do that, but Brian Dable will know what he's doing with Daniel Jones at least um, and at least maximize him. So whether this is his last year or not, um, I think he does a good enough to, job to get this team seven wins. Like, that's still three – or excuse me like two games below 500 so yeah um you know other than that the thing i'm concerned about is like maybe their cornerback group and you know can their receivers finally put it together but um no. I, I don't know i don't <laughs> no, know dude, I I, they have some good receivers dude they just added Wandell robinson they have K- uh, Kadarius tony who have both been balling out of training camp mm. you you know, there's a possibility that last year was just a one time thing for Kenny Galladay. You know, no, it was last year was. and
0: the year before. It was last well, the, year no, and the year before. The, the la- year before the year he before, was injured. he was hurt. Now, the year before that, he was really good. Kenny Galladay is a good receiver. The problem is that he got hurt, and then last year he was terrible, terrible, horrible.
1: Well, the when he wasn't hurt in uh, 2020, he wasn't terrible, but he was hurt for most of the season. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Is that a one-time thing? for? Ken- Is Kenny Galladay going to come out and have 1,500 yards? Probably not. But no, no. He, dude, he's got to be better than last year. This guy might get cut, bro. Like, he's just holding up a roster spot at that point. So, um, I think seven wins might be a little generous, and maybe I should retract on that a little bit. I don't know. But, um, that's all I got to say about that. That's just, They're just like a wait-and-see team, if you want me to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like they have some players that we don't even know about that could be really good. So I don't know. Just I'm gonna go with seven and ten, but that's still last place in the division, even with the commanders also getting seven and ten. So
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that's uh I think that's a little overzealous for the Giants, personally. I mean, I I don't think like I, I don't think Daniel Jones has the intangibles. <laughs> I think he's just bad. I just don't think he's a good I don't quarterback. Think he's trash.
1: I still don't think I, just, I do not think he's
0: trash. And, you, you know, like, they'll have Saquon back, and Saquon's, Saquon's good. But, like, how good is Saquon going to be after not playing much the last two years, you know? Right. Like, he's going to have some rust, you know? You got Sterling Shepard, who you paid all this money, and he hasn't done anything. You've got Kenny Galladay, who you paid all well, this money, close, and he close, hasn't done anything. Well, yeah, obviously. But, like, the, the thing is, is just, man, I don't... I just don't have it. I, I just don't think as highly of the Giants as you do. But let's talk about some of these players here. We've got three that we really want to talk about, and that is Roquan Smith, Kareem Hunt, and Odell Beckham Jr. Dylan, let's start off with Roquan Smith. We talked about his team a little bit earlier, the Chicago Bears. He comes out, says... Essentially, I hate this organization. Trade me. I don't want to play here anymore. Dylan, what do you take away from this? What do you think is next for Roquan Smith? Do you think he ends up staying? Or do you think the Bears try and maximize and get some young talent and some picks for him?
1: I think the Bears are going to try to keep him. Obviously, you can't just let someone like Roquan Smith leave. Absolutely, and, yeah. Um, as bad as the Bears have been, he has really been a bright spot for them. I'm a big fan of his. Um, If you want an example of how good he can be, just go watch his film last year against uh, the Bengals. Um, The Bengals? The (laughs) Bengals. But, you know, I put together a trade package myself that is just, by far and away, it makes sense for both teams. And this team's going to have to find a way to pay Roquan Smith, but I believe if they want to make it happen, then they will. Um, And... Uh, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think, uh, I think Roquan Smith to Pittsburgh just makes a lot of sense in my head. You know, as soon as I heard that he requested a trade, that team came to my mind. I think you pack, uh, you put together a package of uh, Chase Claypool, Devin Bush, and a pick, and you send it to Chicago. I think that gives Chicago, you know, an opportunity to get a young receiver, get another young linebacker, so they're not just left without one if they send Roquan Smith off. Um, and Devin Bush, I wouldn't say it's, you know, I wouldn't completely write him off yet. He could be good, but I think the Steelers are done waiting on him. Um, And then Chase Claypool, he's he's going to have to get paid soon. You know, it's not going to mean necessarily a top, you know, maybe even like 15 contracts in the NFL yeah. um, or top 20 even, but he's going to eventually want some money. Who was the – dude, Devont – or excuse me, Deontay Johnson was the third receiver that the Steelers have extended since free agency began <laughs> back whenever it began, like the 80s. You know, Heinz yeah. Ward, <laughs> Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson. That is elite company. That is the only receiver since free agency began that have been extended by the Pittsburgh Steelers like that. So, um, is Chase, does Chase Claypool appear to be a guy that's going to be one of those people that, you know, joins that group of, you know, receivers, not thinking. So they grow, they grow good, um, to great receivers on trees over there in Pittsburgh, it seems like. Um, and they have one coming up in George Pickens. So, um, I think it makes sense for them to send off Chase Claypool. So, um, and Devin Bush as well, especially if they'd be getting Roquan Smith in return. So, It'll be interesting to see what Omar Khan does. It's his first months as GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but um, I think that's a fair, fair package for both sides, you know? So, especially if Roquan Smith isn't going to want to play. But if he's activated at the pup list, he's going to be holding in at uh, Bears training camp and not holding out because he'll get fined. But Pittsburgh Steelers with Roquan Smith makes just total sense to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I really like (laughs) moving Chase Claypool. Here's the thing about Chase Claypool. Um, I think people forget how much of an athletic freak Chase Claypool is. Like, this dude is athletic. They They
1: didn't call him Mapletron for no reason in his rookie season.
0: Exactly, exactly. And he played for Notre Dame, wasn't it? Isn't that who he played for? Yeah, and he was a beast at Notre Dame too. Like, he was good. He is an athletic... Freak, And I think that you go to a team that needs that athletic freak on your team and the Chicago bears. I think that's good for chase Claypool. It gets Roquan Smith to go to an already really good defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers and elevates that team even more. So I really like uh, that trade package that you put together, but let's talk about two more guys. Um, One that is still a free agent recovering from an ACL tear, wasn't it? And um, one who is um, and one who requested a trade and then almost immediately Um, was like, okay, I'm still going to play, like, you know, whatever. And that is Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about him first. Uh, Kareem Hunt obviously wanted a trade out of Cleveland like everybody seems to right now. Uh, But here's the thing. I don't think there's a market for Kareem Hunt, and here's one. Kareem Hunt is a really good running back. But you look at the teams, and I think of the Texans, and that's pretty much it. I think maybe maybe the Falcons maybe the Falcons, but you know um, the Texans have been really um, uh, what's it called really infatuated with what they've seen from David Price, um, who is of Pierce, course Damien Pierce. <laughs> Why did I just say that? Why did I just it's, it's David Pierce? I don't know. I just said David. He
1: Price. said David Price.
0: <laughs> who's David Price? I don't even know who that is. Anyways, they've been really infatuated with Damian Pierce. So they're probably not going to trade for him. And then Atlanta, I don't think Atlanta really has the means to trade for anybody right now anyway. So, you know, you look at Kareem Hunt, and I think other than that, I don't think that he is better exponentially than any other starting running back in the NFL. You know, that that's the thing. And how many people are going to want to – I mean, that that's just my opinion. Like you think of some other teams that have, that have like pretty decent to bad – Running backs, I mean, you look at Miami, I think that he's probably on par with Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds, and they're not going to add him onto that team and give him all the carries. You know, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's going to be a split backfield. You look at a couple other teams that, like, just going down the list, you know, um, you know, Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings don't need anything. Falcons, maybe. Panthers, no. Maybe if they wanted to take him as a backup instead of Chuba Hubbard. But, like, I mean, I'm just looking down this list of the NFC teams, and I can't see a single NFC team that would want – Kareem Hunt you know so I don't think there's a giant market for him I think obviously he wants to get paid but I think he's just going to end up staying on Cleveland so that's just my opinion though what do you think Dylan what do you think about this whole Kareem Hunt scenario do you think he's going to get paid do you think he's not
1: um I don't know I don't know honestly I mean I think he's not the type of guy to really hold out of games he's just going to stick true to his trade request yeah and I think he's fine with it right now because he probably understands that that You know, everybody's rolling with what they have. But, you know, my thing with him and any running back that requests a trade is injuries are going to happen. So for sure. they're going to happen. Like, it's inevitable. So I think he's smart enough to be like, yeah, I want to get traded and just put that out there now so that when a team, you know, um, does deal with an injury to their running back um, inevitably, then they know who to call. They'll call Cleveland. So, um, I mean, that's that for Kareem Hunt. I don't have a real suitor for him right now. Like I do for Roquan Smith and the next guy we're going to talk about. But it's some, I think, you know, I don't know if he finishes the season with Cleveland. I don't really think it's going to hurt them all that much because they just re signed, you know, Dearness Johnson. Jerome Ford appears to be getting a lot of traction at training camp as well. So yep. are they Kareem Hunt? No, because I think Kareem Hunt's still top 10 running back uh, in the NFL. Um, so do you believe that?
0: No, I don't believe he's a top 10 running back in the NFL.
1: Dude, this guy is a beast, man. Like let's not let's not forget his rookie season that took place just in 2018. So it's not like he's old. He's only he's entering his what fourth year now? Yeah. So fifth year So you don't think he's top ten? Who do you no, think, I is, don't well, think I'm not gonna 10. ask you who we'll talk about that next week.
0: Let's talk about it next week. I don't, I do not think he is he is a top 10 running back in the NFL. I mean, I would take here, here, wait. You know what? I'll I'll list out my top 10 right now. We'll list it out and we'll talk about it next week. You can write it down, you can do something like that. Jonathan Taylor is, is better, obviously. I think Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, this is in no particular order, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Um yeah, for sure. For sure. Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. I think I I think he's not better than any of those people I just mentioned. I don't think he's better. I don't I don't think he's better than Javante Williams or Leonard Fournette either. Like just just off the top of my head, I don't think he's better than those guys. I don't. You don't think Kareem Hunt is better
1: than Javante Williams or no. Leonard Fournette?
0: No, I don't. I don't think he's better than either of those guys. All right. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt never had a season like Leonard Fournette did last year. Have you seen his rookie season? Yes, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I I did that. I think I think Leonard Fournette had a, a fantastic season last year.
1: Leonard Fournette, here, I'll put it this way if you want to compare him to Leonard Fournette, okay? Kareem Hunt did what people were expecting the fourth overall pick Leonard Fournette to do in his rookie season.
0: Yeah, well, Litter Fournette also got put in a really bad situation.
1: Oh, my, dude, he was on a team that was. They went to the AFC Championship.
0: Yeah, he was on a team that went to the AFC Championship with one of the worst offenses I've ever seen make the playoffs.
1: So he's still <laughs> they like, went he still. Dude, no, he, that didn't have. No, they didn't have a bad offensive line at that point.
0: <laughs> the, the, and they hadn't
1: been good enough to make the AFC Championship.
0: Dude, their defense is what carried them, bro. Their defense it is, is what carried like, the I'm, AMC so, I'm just saying, it's not like he went, he went
1: to the Jaguars that are the Jaguars right now or last uh,
0: year. Anyway, let's look, we'll talk about this next week. We'll talk about this next week. We'll put it on the docket. We'll talk about it next week. But even then, I named at least eleven other guys that I thought were better than Leonard Fournette. Anyway, so I don't think he's a top ten running back. I. I, I definitely don't, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for next week. We'll talk about that next week, but let's go ahead. Let's talk about our last guy before we end the podcast being Odell Beckham Jr. You know, there's been a lot of controversy. Where's he going to sign? What's he going to do? You know, obviously probably not going to get to play till week seven, uh, six, seven, eight, somewhere around that range. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that are valuing Odell Beckham Jr. at the end of the season. And one of those has gotten a lot, of traction in the Buffalo Bills. Dylan, how do you feel about Odell Beckham Jr. being on the Buffalo Bills?
1: You know, I posted something on Instagram, at the Bearded Pod, keeping up with the Odell um, Odell saga. You know, is he going to go to uh, – where is he going to go? Is he going to go to Buffalo? Is he going to go somewhere else? For, the only reason people have been able to give me as to why he wouldn't go to Buffalo is because of the cold weather. I'm like, buddy, you know – I think he's going to sacrifice being warm and playing in a dome to go play with Josh Allen and be lined up across from Stefan Diggs and lined up with Gabe Davis. You know, I don't think that's as much of a factor as people think. And then it's those same people that suggest that he should go to green Bay though. But I'm like, what sense does that make? So all I got to say about that is Buffalo makes sense. And if you haven't kept up Andre Reed, former, you know, the best receiver to ever play for the Buffalo bills (laughs) um, to this current point. Um, he said on Instagram, you know, he posted a picture with Odell and they had dinner and he said they had a nice chat, Buffalo Lookout or something like that, really teasing it. Then Von Miller's yeah. recruit and then Odell said, you know, he tagged Von Miller and said, what's the locker next you look like? And, you know, I understand they could just be doing what they do and getting the attention they want. I get that. But it's also just making a lot of sense right now. So, yeah. you know, Buffalo makes a lot of sense for me when it comes to Odell. I know we got to keep this brief. We only got about six minutes left, but.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, You know, Buffalo um, obviously hasn't made a move on Cole Beasley this offseason, who I felt like is a really good piece on any offense. You know, he's one of those guys that's kind of sneaky. It's going to give you those yards every year, you know, so maybe they're holding out because they want to give that contract that they would give to Cole Beasley to Odell Beckham Jr. So we'll see what happens there with the Bills. Um, I really think that Odell was probably going to land somewhere in the AFC this year. You know, he played last year with the Rams, went won a Super Bowl ring, did ring chasing completely to a hundred percent effectiveness, which is rare to see in any sport. So, um, I think that it makes a lot of sense for him to, to ring chase again, if he wants another one. And I think that that team is obviously the bills. We both agree that the bills are our favorites last year. We both said it was the Rams that came true this year. We both say it's the bills. And I think there's a good chance that it comes true. So, you know, I think him going to the bills makes a lot of sense. If his end goal is to get another ring. Um, Dylan, is there anything else you want to talk about on this week's episode of the Bearded Podcast, or do you want to let it go? We've been going for about an hour, 25 minutes. What are you thinking, man? You got anything else on your mind?
1: Three words again.
0: Run the ball. Run the ball ball the three words that would have saved the seattle seahawks winning the championship against the new england patriots and would have stopped everybody overrating malcolm butler for the next five season ladies and gentlemen that's gonna do it for the bearded podcast we're so glad that you joined us if you want to find him anywhere you can do it at the bearded podcast on twitter on tiktok on instagram also go bucks nation and um You still running your Cowboys? Of course you're still running your Cowboys page. What the heck am I saying? Go follow him. If you go to him on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere like that, he's got his link tree. Go get him everywhere. Um, And then for me, you can find me, Crouton underscore ASU, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the Bearded Podcast. As always, I am Jordan Crouton Moore. That's Dylan, the Madman Low, and we will see you guys next.